guys and welcome back to the show and tonight we were talking to Nikki and Gigi about their garden. They're also fellow podcasters which is always great to have fellow podcasters on the show. They've got lots of interesting tips about how to get wildlife to come into your garden and they tell you all about their garden and how they began to garden. So I hope you like the show. Hi everyone, so we're just waiting for Nikki and Gigi to come in. So we'll just be a couple of minutes. So I am going to do a little catch up on my story if you're new to following me. you're new to follow me on my podcast then I'm going to do a little follow up of this oh here we go out of my story um, and why I started gardening hi guys so I'm just waiting for Nikki and Mr G to come into the podcast so I'm just going to share some of what we're going to speak about and a wee sneak peek so if you want to listen and see me chatting to them then you can watch on my live just now so we're just waiting for them to come in And hopefully it will work because it's trial and error with this new um, podcasting recording. I was just saying on my podcast there that I am going to be doing a little kind of follow-up on my new podcast. If you haven't listened to my podcast before, I'll just kind of recap of what my story was and about my husband um, and why we started gardening. So I'm just waiting for, I'm not sure what's happening. And right as the speaker, there we go. Right, I've invited them, so hopefully now they will come in and we will hear them. Um, so fingers crossed, because I'm winging it, you know, I'm new to, um, if you've just joined the live, Green Positive, hi. Um, if you're new to my podcast, this is second season, so I'm trying out a new um, way of recording. So I've invited them to come in, so hopefully they will come in and... We'll be able to chat soon. If you would like to be on the podcast, then you can you can give me a message on Instagram on my Garden with Nikki podcast, and you are you can come on the show and chat about your story. You don't have to be it doesn't have to be gardening. It can be um, talking about mental health and spreading awareness of mental health, or it could be nature and what nature does for you. So um, yeah, if you want to be on the show, give me a. a a message and you can be on the show so it looks like we have nikki and mr g on the show hiya hello how are you <laughs> just sorted it all out how you doing i'm good how are you oh, not too bad but a second we're gonna organize the dog that's okay um, I was just going to say, disclaimer, if my puppy starts barking, it's the Amazon man bringing my mini gardening skills, little um, gardening things that I've ordered. We're in the same position, we're waiting for Amazon to deliver us a coat rack, so it's all good fun. Sometimes Lila likes to make an appearance, um, even though she's two two rooms away with my husband, sometimes she get, she does end up making a wee barking experience on the podcast. But that's what it's all about, you can't, you can't take those things away, that's just normal life. <laughs> it's so nice to talk to you finally. <laughs> it is lovely to speak to you. So, so are you ready? 
sort of. <laughs> <laughs> As we'll ever be, I suppose. <laughs> I'm the more nervous out of the two, I think. You know, it's a hard thing to start um, podcasting, like, and I'm quite kind of shy myself, so I totally understand um, how hard it is to put yourself out there and uh, be on a podcast. But listen, thanks for coming on the show and thanks for giving up your time. I know that you have your own podcast, so you're like me, just starting out and kind of winging it. So would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Uh, yeah, so we are uh, Nikki and Mr G over here, and we run the uh, Back to the Good Life podcast, and we're on Instagram, and we have a blog, and hopefully at some point soon we're going to have a YouTube channel. We haven't quite sorted that out yet, but we're going to throw it all at, throw all at it. But mostly we've got a little tiny garden, and we're kind of documenting what we're doing with it, how it's going, and. And what you plans. can essentially achieve with a small garden as well. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we're trying our best, aren't we? Yeah. We're very new to it as well, so to be honest, we haven't really got a clue what we're doing, so we're just kind of documenting how that goes, isn't it? We're learning as we go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Yeah. Well, that's it. It sounds amazing and I think like um, I'm just the same like I'm kind of self-taught gardener I'm not by any means an expert you know I'm winging it and stuff even though like I've started my, my course that I'm learning like I, I just wing it and kind of look and research things and I ask my husband sometimes you know oh how'd you do that or you know um, what, you know, he was kind of the person who kind of started me gardening and kind of gave me like you know plants to start looking after and gave me a challenge to, to look after them and and I just kind of learn every day, really. Yeah, I think well, it's the fun of it as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think even like it's okay to have failures as well. I think that's on Instagram sometimes you can have like, you know, people maybe putting out like great pictures and like, oh, this is me and my allotment. But sometimes, um, you know, there are failures. But I think that the thing in a failure is that you learn from it. Because if you grow something and it doesn't work out, then that gives you another learning. Whereas if, if everything went to plan, you would never think, oh, I'm going to try this. Or maybe that was, you know, maybe it wasn't, it was how, how much water I was giving it, maybe it was the light, you know, it gives you more hope to learn. So, you know, even when you fail at things, I still think that it's good to kind of learn and stuff, especially like things with doing the podcast as well. Um, you know, I'd, I'd started this just because I wanted to talk to people more about like gardening and like aspects of like mental health and how it's kind of good for your your health and well-being and I just I had no idea what I was doing when I started the podcast I still I'm winging it this is my this is the new kind of um pod bean that I'm trying I was on anchor last year and doing zoom um, which was a bit of a nightmare because you know you, you can only get so many minutes on Zoom, and if if you want to chat to someone, and it runs out over the time you've got to start a meeting and then go in and out, and um, it was a bit of a nightmare. So I was kind of thinking this will be better because then I can have just a good chat with everybody, and then find out how I can kind of record it onto my YouTube as well. Yeah, well, we are kind of. I'm, I'm quite lucky in some ways because my job has been in digital media for the last sort of. 10 years or so so I've kind of got the digital side I'm actually all right with it's the gardening side that we're learning <laughs> but even though but podcasts themselves are a bit of a mystery to me because this is actually the first podcast I've ever done and definitely the first one you've ever done isn't it yes, yeah I'm a bit of a technophobe when it comes to it as well <laughs> a bit <laughs> My, my husband's the same. He, he's not interested in social media at all. He's like fine with me um, chatting to, like chatting about his story and like mentioning him. And sometimes he'll let me share the old, the odd photo of him. But um, he's really like no, just he doesn't want to be interested or or being um, in the show so, uh, or being on my Instagram. You know, I'll talk about him like things he's done, but um, he kind of kind is in the background of everything, and and that's understandable. I mean, he is more confident than me. I'm the shy one out of us too, so it's kind of weird that um, it's me that's doing all the podcasting. Bit of role reversal then. <laughs> yeah. So what made you like want to start documenting your, your garden's like, journey? Uh, I think for me, uh, well, unless you want to answer this one. Oh, no, no, you can carry on, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm just going to jump in here. Um, I think for me, uh, we have a really quite a small back garden. Like, we're in the generation of 
the only house you can buy. You don't really get a choice when you buy a house. It's literally, this is the only one in your budget. Deal with it. So in the case of like, you always see people with like huge gardens and massive allotments and all this kind of stuff. And don't get me wrong, we definitely have allotment envy. But, uh, and we're on every single waiting list there is and we're <laughs> petitioning the council for even more, but it's not a short process, is it? Um, so I think for me, it was a case of like, look, we have a, a really small back garden. Um, but we have a chance to kind of share how we're learning with it. And I think sharing a story with someone is is great. Because, I mean, as much as I love to watch experts, I also really like to watch people who are just kind of trying out and doing what they're doing and and that do share that, you know what, this didn't work today, and but this did work today. So that's kind of why it's I thought we could share what, what step we're doing. step by step sort of. And it's a nice journal for us as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there forever now <laughs> yeah I totally I, I totally agree with you you know when I started um, I've got two Instagram so this is I've got Gardener Nikki so if you thought so if people follow me on Gardener Gardener with Nikki podcast there's also another one you can follow I know you guys just started following me um, and that was like my first ever like Instagram um can I try it things you know it was my friend Gary um, who said to me um, you know you should start an Instagram and I thought why would anybody want to like why would anyone want to listen to me chatting about gardening I'm not an expert I always used to think you know that you had to have years and years behind you to be on Instagram to chat to people and, and, and share your stuff whereas I think I had been not well um, on the Christmas like before Covid kind of hit and I kind of just thought, you know what, let's try it. It's going to be the new year. Go for it. Um, and the, for me, I think it's good. And it'll be good for you as well to look at. Like, I started just with a picture of, like, I, I had herbs that I'd grown. And I'd overwintered them. And I thought, well, do you know what? This is what I'm... I'm just going to start it and see what happens. But it's completely... I've ran with it and now I've got a podcast now I've got the two Instagrams, Twitters YouTubes, like you were saying I've just ran it everything, TikTok um, I know you were saying you're not into TikTok and that but um, I've just ran with everything and just started putting what I've been doing out there and it's, it's been the best thing I've ever done you know what it can be so satisfying can't it it's yeah just... I mean it's sharing or, or especially having being able to show people where you're going as well mm. Um, and, and it's involving as well, involving others to be able to say, look, this is what we can do. If, if anybody else is wanting to do it, it's, it's, uh, it's for others to be able to enjoy and be able to get some inspiration and ideas going. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think it is like good to see other gardeners and and see what they're doing. Because we were talking, I was talking about this last night with Brandy. Was that you know sometimes there can be a a, a set kind of thing of this is how you do this, but sometimes you find little pockets like we've got dahlias in our garden i love dahlias i'm not allowed anymore i'm banned now my husband said no more dahlias <laughs> but um and we had a dahlia for like five years and he had a really bad winter last year in scotland it was really wet and we we don't ever dig up our dahlias but the advice is to dig them up and, and put them in your greenhouse we we never do it um and we, we've lost one dahlia, which is not bad out of the, I've probably got about 10, because I keep buying them, then I grow like 40 of them from seed. But um, you know, <laughs> we just try different things. We don't always run to the, you know, this is what you have to do. And I think sometimes you have to kind of try your own new thing. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I mean, okay, we lost that dahlia, but you know, the other ones are doing brilliant. So I think you just have to kind of wing it and um, see what works best for you. Not only that, but it's nature as well. Like you can do everything. I always find weeds the funniest thing in the world because as gardeners, we spend so much time carefully nurturing the little plants that we grow and you know turning them around so they've got enough sun making sure they've got enough water testing the soil all of this stuff weeds will just grow anywhere and you just like you can abuse weeds as much as possible and they will keep growing and i think that it's a nice message and metaphor for life isn't it that's kind of like no matter how much nurture you give things sometimes it doesn't work and sometimes it does grow and sometimes the most broken things in the world actually grow and Carry on growing like bamboo that grows forever, everywhere, <laughs> no matter what you do. <laughs> or, or a mint. Mint is you never put mint in the ground. 
You know, yes. that's one of the big lessons yes. in life. Nobody put mint in the ground because it will take over your area and it will kill everything else to get thread. You always keep it in a pot. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I think you know, for I was we were talking about weeds and and when I, we started gardening, that's how I started was weeding. My husband's got arthritis as well, so. Um, it got to a stage where he couldn't weed so like me I do the weeding and and to me I quite like the weeding because I think when you start something and you, and you clear an area and, you, and the weeds are there like over the winter when and weeds start to grow um, I like to kind of look at the, the beginning and then think oh that's great I've cleared that but I've kind of changed my attitude to weeds because I'm like I'm into biodiversity and getting as many bugs and bees like my passion is like saving the bees and getting as many bees to your garden as possible Um, and I kind of learned that weeds actually aren't bad you know you can have a wild section and you can have weeds in your garden growing yes you make me you know kind of keeping top of them but weeds actually are good for biodiversity so i've completely changed my idea on what weeding is i kind of try and leave things if you know if, if they're not evasive um and because i want to have as much wildlife in our garden as possible because i think we need to help the wildlife because the wildlife help us have food you know and, and without bees you know bees and pollinators i mean that we get lots of food from them so we definitely need to have more wild flowers in the garden or a wild space in your garden that is just left that maybe you know the bugs can go in and just live and and be okay and and not ripping out like all your your flowers and stuff when you think uh, you know it's end of season i'll just take them out you know trying to leave them a wee bit too late um you know the mini bees live in it yes yeah i'd say um my my area is trying to um encourage some nature in and, and have a bit of a, a wild garden within our, our little postage stamp. Um, but it, it's, I think we, we've got another few seasons before we can actually have that as a mature area. But it takes a little bit of time. We've got a little area around the back of the pond that's actually really difficult to get to, like, get to regularly as it were. But it's fine for kind of like digging and making into a wildflower garden. And you're trying to, we're going to put the troughs up the top of the To be the able to encourage well. any, any sort yeah. of animal. As I say, the biodiversity is really quite important. Yeah, definitely. So what kind, so what kind of gardeners are you? I, I'm quite, so my husband's more of a flower person. He likes the flowers and like um, like perennials, like, you know, he likes like fuchsias and things that, that come back. And um, whereas I like flowers, but I'm more of like the veg and fruit gardener. I like to grow food and herbs to kind of feed us and feed the rabbits that we've got. And, and so what kind of gardeners are you? Are you similar or are you different? Uh, well, a little bit of both for myself. Nikki's more of a, a, a edible. Edibles. <laughs> it's got um, to be edible. But I will try and put my hand to it all. I'm, I do a little bit of gardening for my parents, and that's uh, pretty much just the flowers. Um, so over there at home, it's a little bit more refreshing to be able to try and give a hand in doing a bit of um, edible planting and growing as well. I've been always always fruits and veg personally I've like I've I've never really understood flowers it was one of those things I was like I don't really understand them but saying that my my neighbor has built like a little trough and pot holder on the front of the house we all share like the front side of the front area of the houses and it was so nice because so last year I put up a a hanging basket and, and killed most things that went in it and eventually he was like right this is how you need to grow your flower to make it look nice and by the end of the season actually that hanging basket was looking pretty nice so this year we've got kind of a few more troughs out the front there so the front's kind of flowers and just flowers isn't it which yeah. is quite nice although i do want to kind of put in some parsnips just because you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm laughing because um, 
I'm always kind of saying to my husband, like, I've got my space in the garden, the mini, I do help him, but like the mini allotment area where I grow food and like the herb garden, that's like my little space. But you know, sometimes I'll be like, oh, what I would like to, like, I just said to him yesterday, we were at the garden centre um, buying some stuff, and I was like, I want to grow sweet peas this year, just so you know, you can just put that into your design of what we're doing. And he's like, okay. He's like, did you not grow them last year? I'm like, no, that was peas and broad beans. But yeah, I can get how you think it was the peas. But, you know, I think it's like, for me, it's just changed my life. Like, I never ever thought that I really would be that into gardening. I knew that, like you were saying, we got a house and my husband was like, get a garden, let's put flowers in it. And I was like, yeah, and I just, I, like, I picked flowers that I liked and he was like, oh, that's a lily, oh, that's a dahlia. Like, he started telling me, like, oh, so this is how you look after them and, like, water them and stuff. And it just kind of grew, I suppose, from there. And I think when... You know, I realised that my husband had kind of was chatting to me about how gardening helped his mental health. It kind of made me think because I think sometimes you don't always realise that things are helping you. Like when you're when you go out into the nature or the garden, it just kind of takes you away from everything. It takes your whole focus of whatever's going around, like in your work or you know family life. Everything just kind of just goes away because you're just in the garden in the moment looking after things yeah you're right it um does it it takes away from the busyness uh, of and the stresses of everyday life indeed little spot of heaven i kind of think because the the thing is like the birds and the the worms and the insects they don't care what you look like and whether or not you've done your face that day or even bothered to get dressed so you know they're just happy that you've put some food out or that They've got a you know marigold to munch on, so it's kind of like yeah, it's nice to kind of sit back and go, you know what, I don't have to prove anything here. I'm just enjoying being outside. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what made what made you guys start a podcast? Well, um, I think it's probably just so that we can um, be able to say document what we're doing and be able to uh, share it with other people and. Put our, our journey across. Um, yeah, we've got big plans, so it's kind of like we thought if we start now, we can kind of share right where it all started. Because, because like sometimes I see people do like YouTube channels, for example. And I love some of like the house building YouTube stuff, but they never kind of start right at the beginning. They almost start in the middle, which just the fun bit. But for us, it's like, no, we'll start right at the beginning so that actually people can come along with us and join in and that we can look back in 10 years' time and go, you know what, that's that, that little tiny house in the West Country, that's where it all started with that tiny little garden. And now, hopefully, you know, if dreams work out, we've got this big old place that we can look after and call our own and maybe even welcome people too. So it's kind of like there's big plans and it was like, why, why are we waiting to share the the story why not share the foundations I, I love you I, I love I'm listening to your story I think it's, it's fantastic and I totally agree with you because I've spoke to like other gardeners as well are on Instagram that are like do you know what I want to share like how I started because like you're saying sometimes you will people will be on Instagram and it'll be like we've started like when they're two years into it and they know all the things that they're doing and all the fancy names and things and and they don't ever say this is where I started and I didn't know what I was doing and this is how it's evolved I'm always I've always loved taking photos of the garden I used to I still probably drive my husband crazy but I always took like different pictures in the seasons. So like you were saying, like when we had nothing, so like it was just like stones in the garden. And it's like I've got like from when we first moved into like where we are now. And and it does change and evolve because gardens always kind of change and evolve. You start with a plan and then you completely it will change it again and, and do different things in it. And I think it's sometimes good to just stop sometimes and say, wow look what we've achieved and what we've done and where we started and i think it is good i think people like to see people's stories and and kind of gives you like the more human aspect to to life because i think sometimes when we watch like gardeners world or like the beach grove um or other gardening programs i think sometimes it can be like they show you something that's really like you think well i can't afford that you know i'd love like i'd love like a show that had like just normal people gardening that was just like 
you know, wee snippets. So, and I know that, that the Beach Grove Garden did a wee bit with like um, the beach growers where they, they had like a kind of snippet of people gardening, which I think you need to see more of because for me, I just used to think I can never do gardening. I'm, it's so hard and you need all this this knowledge and all this degree and I'm never going to be able to do that. And I think that for years put me off until my husband yeah. was like, no, just do it. You know, and I think if you've got like a space and you can, like you're just saying, you try and you think, well, that doesn't work. You know, you can always try again. I mean, the season is quite big and long, so you can, you can, you've got time to. If seeds don't grow, you've got time to do them again. And and I think that's really what it's about. There should be more out on Instagram of ups and downs, and that's why, like, I share. Like sometimes, like last year at work, um, I was doing a competition with the kids, um, in nursery and. I was off sick and then like so because it was so busy in nursery the the seeds got didn't get watered so they died so when I came back it was like I had to completely start again and the kids like were like oh no we forgot to water it um, but it gave a whole new lesson of you have to look after and nurture a plant or else it will die so it gave them so then they became like excited and like no we have to water the plant we have to come on let's get it watered because they'd learned that lesson rather than me just watering it you know or someone else watering it and the kids never seen like the, the reason of how you have to look after things then they would have just not really thought about it whereas it gave them a new kind of lease of oh i need to look after it or else it won't grow and when they grew things and they had their competition and they were videoing and telling everybody about it they were so proud of themselves so i think you know you definitely more sharing of ups and downs in gardening and um, not all perfect because gardens aren't perfect no, no, they're not. No, no. Well, I, I used to work for a, a conservation charity. I won't say which one it was. Um, I used to spend quite a lot of time talking to some of the gardeners and the people that were running all the big, like, stately home gardens. And I felt... I, they didn't mean to, don't get me wrong, but I felt quite excluded because I just thought, I don't actually know what they're talking about. Like, they're using all these long names and they're talking about all the different bits and pieces with stuff they have to include and... And plans and designs well established yeah well beforehand and they're well beautiful as well there's no doubt and that that much effort goes into it and you think well done like it's brilliant and then you kind of look at your garden you're like how the heck do i get that and then over the years you just kind of go you know what it just starts with planting a seed and seeing how it goes i don't think there's any failures in gardening either because at the end of the day if it doesn't grow very well stick it in the compost and then it's made into compost and it comes Goes into next into year's garden, yeah. next year's garden. Hopefully it'll improve next year. So that's kind of a that's kind of how I've kind of enjoyed the garden enjoyed getting into gardening, just kind of going, you know what, let's give it a go. Because if it doesn't work, I'll just chuck in a compost. And if it does work, that's a bonus. <laughs> exactly, definitely. Um, and yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, a garden doesn't happen overnight. Um, you know, it takes years. I, th- I think now like we're six years into this garden and we're not finished you know we, we've got big plans as well we've got a pond we're going to add this year um and my husband like sometimes likes to just kind of change and and build things we want to do our own compost because i'm quite keen about like you were talking about compost there so i'm quite keen to make our own compost as well rather than wasting you know foods and things and i'd like to have our own compost that we're actually giving something back to the earth rather than just chucking it in the the garden waste which i know gets recycled but i think it is always good to start at home and recycle and make your own compost and and it's better for your plants as well um i know it might take longer but i think it's good to make your own compost and reuse things like you're saying like your plants and things it's definitely good to give back something in your own garden yeah, mm-hmm. we've got a little. A, a, we we sort of do our own composting. We we compost the garden waste. Uh, we don't compost the food waste purely because it is a tiny garden, and my concern is rodents getting into the food yeah. waste. But we give the food scraps to the council, and they do the like council composting. So I don't feel too bad about that. So we always keep it separate. But we're look, I'm looking into different ways of using it. It's like there's like wormeries. Yeah, and we're speaking of wormeries. I can't remember how you pronounce it. Bokashi compost, the hot one, and the spirit. But anyway, there's there's options for us. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's cold there's cold top 
cold compost and hot compost. So I think the cold compost takes longer, whereas the hot one is like takes like a year, whereas the, the cold one will take longer. But yeah, there's definitely ways to do it. Um, and it's just whatever works for you. And then getting it into your garden and like you're saying, working it into um, where you're going to have it and stuff. And yeah. Yeah, it's always nice to feel that you're kind of nourishing the soil. We just we just put a load of um, leaf leaves leaf mulch all over our, our little beds. That it was quite a funny story because we had loads of um, trees growing around the side of our our fences. And last year, because we're right in the corner, so I've got kind of like trees all the way around the edge. And last year, all the leaves blew into the garden and I used them on the garden. It was great. This year, the council cut the trees down just before all the leaves fell off. And it was like, oh, no. So we've literally stolen all the leaves from his mum and his mum and stepdad's back garden. I was like, I'll have all those leaves. Thank you. <laughs> so it's kind of like finding it where you can, isn't it? Yeah, and rescuing it. A little, bit, it somewhere. little bit of improvisation, shall we say. <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm really sad that the council are cutting down trees. I really, I just think, wow, why? You know, and I know they've got probably got cutbacks and stuff and things are not, you know. But I just think, why, why cut down trees? Unless there was something wrong with them that you know they were diseased or something. But um, they were growing too wild, and they weren't wild in a wildlife sense. They were just wild in a causing trouble sense. So there's actually, um, actually a big project because we have a big pond near us, right near us. Oh, well, that sounds nice. Yeah. So Do you know a big conservation project going on with it with the local residents association, which we're all now part of. It's all very exciting over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. You might, you never, you might get an allotment out of it. You know, or a grown community garden or anything. Well, that's on the list. Funny enough, because they was, you know, there's a. Because we had to do a residence association so that we could get a pot of money and everything. So everyone in our very local area has kind of joined it and we're organising all the positions. And I put it in the last meeting. I was like, is there any money for allotments? Seeing as I'm on every single parish council list in the well, <laughs> county at this point, I think. <laughs> and they were just like, actually, yeah, it is on the list. And yeah. And I was like, well, if you need any evidence to say it's needed, you can see all of my rejection emails. <laughs> so, so hopefully the pot of money will, will stretch to kind of building us some allotments. And if you're in that kind of group of first people to help build it, hopefully you'll get one. It's <laughs> what we're aiming for. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, allotments to get are, are really hard. I, I was lucky myself like to have you know, a small space um, where I worked, like when I was setting up an allotment plot for the children in the nursery, um, and then I was given a space, and then just by luck, like you were saying, there was a, a new allotment that's been, was built, well, it's a couple of years now, but um, the, the one that I'm in now with my polytunnel, um, that I just put my name down and said I wanted something closer to home because the other one was, you know, a wee bit of a drive, like 20 minutes drive to where I worked, which was fine. But sometimes it was getting a bit like, I would, you know, I, I would have to go for a whole day and it was just, it was quite, it's trying to, when you work full time and you get things to do, sometimes it's a bit kind of, let's get closer to home. So, um, and yeah, I just got a, I was lucky that I got a space on the lot and so when um, the lady had phoned me and said that there was a small space um, with the possibility of getting a bigger space um, and some maybe raised beds, I was like, do you know what, let's do it. Um, sadly, it meant I had to give up the other one, but someone else will get the joy of doing that. Um, but yeah, it's hard to get, I just by fate, I think it just I, who I, I got to know um, just ended up just like you getting a space and it's been the best thing I've ever done really getting an allotment um, because you get so much out of it like from the community and meeting people and do you know sometimes you just go up and you you meet people that you would never ever meet you know people that you you probably don't cross paths with because you know everybody's so busy like in, in the neighborhood and, and you get to chat to them and find out about their lives yeah indeed definitely. yeah um, and and you again also sharing ideas and uh, and advice with each other and, and that that's um that's always nice to be able to spread a little bit of um joy between people <laughs> yeah definitely and and has it has it improved like coming online and having your podcast is it are you feeling a wee bit more confident does it is it made? Is it changed you coming on that line and sharing your story? Oh yeah, I think so. The com- you know what? Like, I've I've worked in social media for a while, like doing like the digital media stuff that I do um, for other clients and stuff. So 
I initially kind of thought, oh, you know what, we'll set it up and I know I have to do all of the bits and pieces to get it going. And But the gardening community on, on like online is so lovely. Like I've worked for other clients for all sorts of different bits and pieces that have been kind of like different communities. And the communities I've worked on have been quite, I don't know what the word is. They're very insular. Like they don't want to talk about, they don't want to share things with each other. They just want to promote their stuff and that's fine. But the gardening community is lovely. Everyone's like celebrates the wins. Everyone's really sad when things don't go well, like your allotment the other day and somebody else had their polytunnel blow over over the weekend. And it was like, there's a genuine sadness. You're just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for you. And, yet, and you see other people like, you know, I've got extra seeds. Do you want some? Yeah, I'll have some. Thanks for that. And you just think, wow, it's such a nice community. And I don't like, don't get me wrong, there's probably some horrible people in the community, but we haven't found them yet. And FYI for any horrible people out there, we don't want to find you either, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I totally agree with you um, that the gardening community is so positive. You know, you do get the... I have had the odd comment um, on Twitter or on the, my first Instagram. I have had the odd comment where someone has told me I'm doing it wrong um, or, um, oh, that's not what you do or, you know... I'm quite into like the butterflies coming into the garden so like if a certain butterfly was eating a certain plant then you know I've had a kind of negative comment of uh, get rid of the butterflies because they kill your plant they didn't kill my plant you know and, and we got lots of butterflies and caterpillars and the plant is still growing so they had a, they ate it they lived they, then they then they had caterpillars so do you know for me that's like I've done something for the the biodiversity and do you know what if if the plant died I can plant another one you know it's not always about like what you get out of it it's it's it's, it's not always about the garden being for us you know I think you need to think it's a wider thing of but yeah the, I've had a few negative things but I just kind of you know say well I really want the butterflies in my garden so I'll, I can leave that plant to to be eaten by the butterflies and have their have their caterpillars because do you know what that's what i want i want them to be come into the garden yeah i think yeah it's you do have to kind of balance it don't you because one man's weed is another man's or another insect's kind of food and we uh, we actually find it because we like going foraging for different things outside as well like mr g over here likes to do mushrooms and i like um wild medicines and it's really interesting that you look at it and you go, that's a weed, but it's so medicinal. And in your case, it's like, that's a mushroom, but it's actually edible. Or that one's edible really or medicinal, medicinal. Or... you know, and it's kind of like, like plantain is my favourite and it grows absolutely everywhere, like in the grass. And you literally, you there's pretty much nowhere in the UK that it doesn't grow. Yet it's one of the most medicinal weeds ever. And I'm always going out and picking it and tincturing it and oiling it and drying it and just having it in the house because it's like well you know yes it's a weed yes most people want to get rid of it but it's one it's amazing what it can actually do for you so it's surprising yeah. what people have um uh, overlooked as, as a useful plant as well yeah yeah it's um, scary back in the medieval <laughs> times they, they used to um upturn grasslands and plant um dandelions great for a hangover they are. Really? Are they? <laughs> I, I know that the bees love them. So like, um, but yeah, everybody used to hate them, dandelions. They used to be, they, well, I don't know about where you live, but they used to call them pee the beds up here, you know, you, you wouldn't pick one, you know, take thing. They had a bad kind of a rep, but they are really good for bees. So yes. now I'm like, oh, leave them. Root is a, di- is a diuretic, so it does make you pee quite a lot. But you can eat, I think you can eat all of the dandelion root and tip but it's the root that's got the bit that's really kind of medicinal in it but yeah if you make dandelion tea it'll flush out your liver and your kidneys and everything like that which is quite nice and if you've got a hangover it makes you feel a lot better it does taste a bit like pond water but apart from that it's fine (laughs) (laughs) no i'm amazed at how much you can actually eat because at like I was like, people were like, tell me like nasturtiums, like, um, you know, you can eat like little, the leaves off the nasturtium and stuff. Um, and I was like, wow, like, and, and at first I'm a bit like, like, I don't want to eat, like, the, I don't want to eat the flowers. Like there's different flowers you can eat, like you are saying. And I'm thinking it's just like your whole mindset of like, um, you know, you think, wow, do I want to eat that? <laughs> because it's a flower and nobody ever really tells you about it. They just kind of like, if unless you know a gardener like yourself who's talking about what you can eat, 
um, then you, I would kind of be like, you can eat that flower, but there is a lot of flowers you can eat. And like you're saying, it's just not it's not widely publicised that you can do it. And I think people just think, why Sorry, they? We started talking about in our podcast this last week, wasn't yeah. it? Because we this year we're growing some many more. We've done a little bit of research and we've got loads of seeds with some edible flowers to grow. Um, I think we've got pansies, nasturtiums and a few other things that I can't quite remember that are in my seed box ready to go. Um, and then the reason for that is because we're going to dry them and put them on our wedding cake. Yep. So, oh, wow, congratulations. When, when are you getting married? We're hoping May next year. That's the plan. It's a bit of a long story with booking it, but we can't book it until October, <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> but we're hoping May next year, This that's the plan. But we're, we're going to, it's basically just going to be like a standard white cake. And then, like with buttercream icing, and we we're actually growing and pressing, and then drying all of the flowers that we want to put on it. Hoping it's going to work, but we needed to do it this year because it might not be out by May next year. So, yeah, it's quite exciting, but it's that's lovely for us because it means we've got bits of bits of our garden in the wedding. We're also growing our confetti as well, which is nice. (laughs) Wow! Yeah, that I'm fascinated by even by like um you know you saying about the mushrooms that you can eat. I would never know what kind of mushrooms would be safe to pick. I'd just be like, oh, don't touch them because I don't know. You know, whereas I think that's the fear that um if you get more information about like what ones to know that you can eat and what ones you can't um whereas you just kind of see them all as a threat i think in the wild you know if you're in the woods or stuff you're just like well you don't touch those things and it's actually quite interesting to hear you talking about um like i'm definitely going to listen to and find out the things you can eat and stuff <laughs> we'd have to do some more podcasts about it definitely I mean, plants are just amazing. The things you can do with them, you don't even you don't even think about it. You just think, oh, plants are just doing their own wee thing. But um, I think you kind of tend to just think, oh, I don't need that. Like you're saying with the weeds, there, I don't need them, so we'll just get rid of them. So it's it's, it's amazing. Is the more you learn about gardening, the more you find out what plants can do, and like you're talking about doing, making medicines and stuff. So that's just amazing. So definitely, we'll be listening to into more of your um, your chat about plants that you can eat and stuff. I hope so. Well, we we kind of sharing as much as as much as we can, as much as we're learning. Like we in this in this house, in our house, we're quite into like being as green as possible and looking after the planet as much as possible. And we're very open in the fact that neither of us have got a fortune money wise. So it's a case of we're doing green on a shoestring. But once you do start taking that step back and going, right, we want to do this, but we want to do it in a more eco-friendly way. How is it helping? How is it hindering? And it kind of, you, you get to see the wildlife and the, the nature that depends on you to do things or how nature is growing. Like we've just put up um, outside, we've just put up a shed outside. That was literally what we were doing just before we came on the podcast. And we've had to move the... Uh, nesting boxes that we put on and I literally dumped those nesting boxes on the side of the shed not expecting them to get anything in them like a couple of years ago and I remember going down into the end of the yard bit that we've got it's kind of like a dead area that we rarely ever use um, where these sh- nesting boxes were just hanging on the shed wall and I was like what is that noise it was like a weird little like beep 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 and I was like why is that noise it's really weird and I kind of turned around and I realized there was bits of moss hanging out the bottom of the nesting boxes the ones that I'd literally just dumped on the wall and not thought about it. And I've got like two little families of blue tits using them. And I was like, oh my gosh. Wow, that's amazing. I have to protect them at all costs. A few years <laughs> in a row now, isn't it? Yeah, that's why That's why we've been putting the shed up, another shed up next to it. And I was like, right, we have to put the nesting boxes back up as soon as possible. So that, because they've been looking, you can see them flying around going, um, excuse me, that's going to be my house in a month or two. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? So I'm like, right, we'll put them straight back up so that it's not kind of, we're not like leaving them because it's got to, they've got to go back up. So I think it's amazing when you look at it, how can I help? How can I help nature kind of be as good as nature can be? Because once we help nature, nature helps us. So it's always a bit of a bonus, I think. <laughs> 
Yeah, I totally agree. That's that for me. That's what I wanted in the garden. Even when we first moved in here, was I wanted like bird houses and I wanted like um, the bug hotel, and then I, I saw a butterfly um, house, which I I wasn't really I didn't know that you got butterfly houses. Um, but obviously, like now I've learned and stuff, and I've got my butterfly house, um, a bug hotel that's going going to go up in um, a kind of wild area and we've got the we've got a nesting box which we've added this year and I've also got the the bird viewer which I'm hoping that the birds will start to use I know like it's a bit like I can see them looking at it just now um, in the conservatory but I would love to be able to just kind of get them to see them and be able to kind of film the birds that you get on your nesting kind of eating it's just to see what's in your garden like with the big garden um, bird watch this weekend you know see what kind of birds we have we've got loads of birds in our garden we've got blue tits um robins sparrows pigeons sometimes we used to have seagulls but they seem to have gone now so um but yeah we had lots of birds different but the robins have got a little family but they kind of stay in this kind of bush that's beside our garage our wooden garage um so we were just hoping that maybe they might kind of use the nesting box or the blue tits might use it because um, they come in quite often as well so like you i, I i'm just kind of thinking oh well will they use it but i'm you know one day i'm hoping i might kind of hear something in the the wee kind of bird house fingers crossed i put a little um nesting box up right in my line of sight where i sit down to work during the day and i, I keep seeing the robin like flying past it sitting on the tree opposite and i'm just like go in the nesting box go on go on go on make your family in the nesting box i really want baby robins in the garden like the, the blue tits are on the other side the other side of the yard so <laughs> go in the nesting box but we put up um We've put up lots of bird feeders and we've got fat balls around and I love seeing them come in. I'm just, I get so excited. Go, There's more birds. Unfortunately, our dog Dilly doesn't particularly like anything that flies. So it's kind of an argument of trying to get him not to bark at them. But the birds seem pretty all right with them. The magpies bully him, so that's so all right. So we have a tribe of magpies out there. We do, we? and they bully the poor dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know, I know. Our dog, she's a puppy. We just got her in May last year um so she kind of she is she was she's getting better at first she barked at everything whereas now she's kind of um accepted some things coming in the garden she's getting better now um and she but she loves the rat we've got rabbits too so um she just she's always like if she hears any any noises she likes to because the rabbits sleep outside but we do bring them in quite a lot we're quite spoiled um but but like if if she hears anything outside she wants to go out and like check on her we call her we say it's our brothers you know because that's our brothers and sisters i know some people do laugh at us but hey i don't care they're my babies um and she goes out and kind of checks on them to make sure they're okay but yeah i think it's just finding everything that in your garden that you can and um you know last year with lockdown i saw a lot more like different types of bees and different types of butterflies and um we even had a dragonfly in our back garden last year which i was kind of amazed at because i thought like dragonflies only kind of came where you had water you know maybe unless someone round us had a pond but um we had a we had a dragonfly come into our garden quite frequently and like you're saying, I was like, wow, there's a dragonfly. What is came into your garden? And we're going to add like the pond this year. So I'm quite excited to see what kind of wildlife we get that we're adding the pond in. And because um, I was kind of thinking, I was talking to one of the, my allotment members um, and I was saying, do you think we could get like frogs and stuff? And she was she was like, yeah, you might actually get stuff like that. And because she said, you just don't know. You build it and see what will come into your pond. So it's just exciting to think that you might have like a wee kind of system outside of all different um, things in the garden well for two years in a row now we've had um so the pond near us literally about 30 seconds walk from our house um has newts in it and it's also got i think it's also got great crested newts in it which are really endangered and protected and for two years in a row they have come wandering across my garden which is wow so cute because like i mean you only see them like maybe once a once a year but like you move something, I was like, oh my god, there's an actual nuke there. It's like, right, mate, don't worry, I'll just leave you to it. <laughs> I'm like, I let me get a picture of you first, and then I'll leave you to it. I didn't realise that they um, hibernate in the soil. 
No, we found that out, didn't we, at yeah. the meeting the other day. Yeah, that's what, they're not allowed, the um, council want to sort out the pond and make it a lot more wildlife friendly, which is great. Um, with, we're all 100% behind it. And we've mooted the idea of like building up the bank so that it's a little bit kind of, I don't know, like more organised, I suppose. And then apparently the newt person came round and went, no, you can't because there's loads of endangered newts in the soil hibernating. It's like, oh, wow, you can't even touch the soil. It's like, all right, then <laughs> we won't look at it. It's easier that way. Two or three months a year that they come out from, from, um, yeah, from the ground. Yeah, and, and then, do their newt thing. Yeah, do their newt thing. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing! Do you know, it's something I don't really know much about, like like newts or uh, like frogs. But where my mum and dad, where we used to, my mum and dad's house is. These days, like we've got like a kind of wild, like kind of um, guard, a wild kind of there's like um, a river and stuff like behind where my mum and dad are. And like we used to get hedgehogs and frogs and toads, and they used just like that. They used just to come into your garden, and I just always thought, wow, that's amazing. But I never that is something I'd like to learn more about. It's like creatures like that you know i would i would even know like you that that newt's hibernated which is <laughs> which is amazing yeah. i would love to kind of attract hedgehogs back into into our garden as well because oh, i think you know they're like endangered and i just i always remember always seeing hedgehogs it seems to be like now they're really like quite endangered and stuff. So i think um if we can all do something to bring them back into the garden we might be good I think it's about 90% of hedgehogs that are now gone. I think I'm pretty sure that's the, the right statistic. Although you can obviously don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, but but no, I think it's about 9 out of 10 hedgehogs don't exist anymore. Which so is kind of- really sad because... I mean, I'm 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 in my mid thirties, so you know, when I was young, like ten, eleven, you've seen them all. You would see them all the time, you know, in yeah. your back garden at night time, and it was just like, oh, there's a hedgehog. Whereas now, I don't think I've ever like I I, I very rarely hear people saying, oh, they had a hedgehog in the back garden. Um, and I remember, like when I was young, um, me and my friends we went down to the barn, you know, and we got like tadpoles and we brought them back. And I wanted to, I wanted to keep them, but my mum made me put them back. So maybe that should have been an inkling of like what I was going to be like when I grew up with like the wildlife and stuff and liking being outdoors. <laughs> I think that's probably all of our childhoods like that. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's been really interesting talking with you. Um, and thanks so much for coming on the show. so much to Nikki and Gigi for coming on the show I really enjoyed chatting to them and I definitely would love to have them back on the show again thank you so much for sharing your gardening journey with us and telling us all how we can bring hedgehogs and even newts into the garden